0: Amen, amen, amen. All right, friends, uh, I am beginning today a four part series. Say four-part series. four part series. Tell your faith buddy to wake up. I got that. All right. We're beginning a four part series today uh, on. What month is this? Anybody know what month this is? November. All right. So we're going to begin a four part series on playoff football. No. No? Okay. A four-part series on gratitude. A revelation of gratitude. Now, a lot of times in my experience, um, we say grace. Anybody know what saying grace is? I grew up in a family where they would say grace before they eat, right? They said the same thing. They had a breakfast prayer. I grew up in in a family where you ate around the table. And everybody had their chair. And you didn't get up until you were excused. There wasn't this running to the other room with a bag of chips saying, I don't want to eat supper. We did, that, that did not happen. All right. That did not happen. Right. Phones were on the wall. Right. And you had to stand there next to the phone. Praise the Lord. But they said grace. They had a breakfast prayer. They had a, a lunchtime prayer. They had an evening prayer. They were all different. Even time has come. The board is spread. Thanks be to God who gives us bread. So we would say grace. And the only, pr- there's nothing wrong with that. But what happens to us is we become repetitive and we don't mean it anymore say amen yeah, that's right. now friends <clears throat> uh, I'm going to say this so many ways that you're going to get it I could preach on this for 40 years but 4 weeks we're going to work on it for 4 weeks amen <clears throat> ingratitude is one of the purest forms of evil Is everybody awake? Is everybody awake? Ingratitude is the root of nearly all mental illness. Being depressed, having a bad day, bearing a grudge, staying angry for hours or days or weeks or years is nothing but garden variety ingratitude. Smile everybody, this is the word. you're going to get the word of God in this church. Now there's nothing that aggravates a parent like ingratitude. Are you, are you, it can, and all the parents said, preach that pastor. I mean, I can remember times growing up, or her raising kids let's say, when the children, and we all do this, so I'm not marking anybody out, The children displayed some ingratitude. And you know, there's always a hint of rebellion in ingratitude. Friends, let me just help you with something. Like I say, you got to get a revelation of how serious this is. Can I just tell you this? Ingratitude breeds poverty. If you're grateful, you're rich. You're already rich. Friend, if you're sitting in this room or watching me on YouTube, you're already rich. And in the back of your mind, if you're thinking, yeah, but I ain't got this and I ain't got that. That is exactly what Lucifer said in the beginning. Yeah. Did, <laughs> yeah. He was the anointed cherub that covereth. Yeah. His clothing was precious jewels of every kind. Anybody wear a, a, a robe that's made out of diamonds or emeralds or rubies or anything like that to church today? Huh? Nope. I mean, I've never even seen Jay-Z wear nothing like that. You know who Jay Z is? I got. Right? John Zarbuck. That's Jay Z. All right. I've never even seen these rockers or rappers or presidents or kings or anybody wear a gown covered with, with diamonds, rubies, emeralds. Every precious stone, the Bible says, was his covering. And he looked not at what God had given him, but he looked at what he didn't have. Tell your buddy to wake up. Say, wake up. Wake wake up. up. Stop. Come on now. I got to admonish my people here today. If you are always looking at what you ain't got, that's ingratitude. It's deadly. It's devilish. I'm here to help you, man. I mean, I love you with all my heart. I got a job to do up here. If we're always looking at what somebody else won't do for me, that's ingratitude. Can I can I just help you out? Can I just help you out? People don't owe you nothing. <laughs> Come on. You know, <clears throat> they they might they might not even owe you respect. We're going to get into that a little bit deeper in the coming days and weeks, but if I'm mad because nobody respects me, is it possible? Huh? That I'm ungrateful. Say say ingratitude smells so let's look at the other side of this for a minute gratitude what are some of the synonyms of gratitude I'll get you a scripture here in a minute hang on tight don't, don't throw stuff thank you. thank you very much acknowledgement Acknow- say acknowledgement. acknowledgement that means you know the, 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 the prayer that was outlawed in public school are you listening to me the prayer that was outlawed in public school in 1962 started out with, Oh God, we acknowledge our dependence on you. When that was outlawed in the United States, I'm, I'm going to try not to yell. I'm just trying to speak and let the word of God do its job. All right. When we outlawed the simple acknowledgement of our dependence on, the, on God Almighty, that bred generations of ungrateful people. Yeah. This is devilish. I mean, when when my dad was going to school, you know what the biggest problems they had in public school: chewing gum, throwing spitwads. Now what do we got? We got. Psycho teenagers taking guns to school and shooting up the place. Uh, with, With the advent of the removal of gratitude from our public school system, you had millions, say millions, I don't know what the numbers are, 20 million, 50 million abortions. And most of those are on teenage girls. Most of those were not, you know, elective surgery for a grown woman who already had eight or nine kids. Most of those were first-time unwanted pregnancy for teenage girls. But here's the thing. It, that crisis was born out of an atmosphere of ingratitude. Friends, children, listen to me. Illicit sex comes from an attitude of ingratitude. It's thinking I ain't getting what I ought to be getting, so I'm just going to go get me some. You're going to get something you wished you didn't have. Why don't you be thankful for what you got? Praise the Lord. Yes. You got a future. You still got your health. You don't need instant gratification. I could just tell you from many years of experience, I don't have time to tell you all the details, friends. But ain't nothing like delayed gratification. And all God's people said, come on. I said, the greatest aphrodisiac on earth is delayed gratification. The greatest aphrodisiac known to man don't come in no pill. Huh? It's not battery operated. The greatest aphrodisiac there is, is abstinence. Hallelujah, Jesus. Ain't nothing like waiting till your time. You know, if you pick fruit before it's ripe, it's bitter. Man, but if you wait till that fruit is ripe, come on. Is that right, friends? Who's been married a long time and knows what's, knows what's going on? Amen. If you wait till the fruit is ripe, let me tell you a little secret. They don't tell you in school. If you wait, it's way better. Say amen. And you'll really be grateful then. Why don't you go ahead and be grateful now for what God has given you Friends, if if you're having trouble getting healed, why don't you just start thanking God that he already healed you? Because he already did. God doesn't have to do anything to manifest your healing. You got to manifest some gratitude. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you don't think your prosperity is working like Brian preaches it, let me just tell you, it's working for me. If you don't think it's working for you the way that they preach it at that church, why don't you start with some gratitude? Why don't you start participating in the offerings out of a grateful heart? Not because I need the money. Bro, sister, listen, I don't need the money. I got money. I have property. I have investments. I have peace. When the bills come in, boom, I pay them. Amen. I don't worry about money. Never. Never? Say never. Never. Wouldn't that be a nice place to be? Why don't you do what I did 30 years ago when I was starving? Huh? I mean, that was 50 pounds ago. I didn't have money for food. I'm I'm trying to be sweet. I'm trying to be lovely up here. How am I doing? Am I doing good? (laughs) I didn't have money for food. So when a dollar came into my hands. Amen. When 10 bucks came into my hands. I would cash it. Take a dollar. Stick it in the visor of my truck. So I wouldn't spend it. And save that for Jesus. That's, and show him I'm grateful for, for the other nine. Because you're not getting the other nine if God don't bless you. What about all these people that get rich without God? They're not getting rich without God. Ain't nobody getting rich without God. God's grace allows even the sinner to get rich. God's grace will heal a heathen that hates him. We've seen it. You're going to probably see it on Wednesday night. God's going to heal people there that don't even like him. What makes you think he won't bless people? You know, God's been trying to bless the church... But the church is not grateful enough to receive it. So he's got to pour it out on somebody else. Amen. And make you jealous. So you wake up and start claiming what belongs to you. Maybe turn around just a, just a hair, please. Say amen. 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 Gratitude synonyms. Obligation. You know, back in, if you watch them old movies that your grandpa used to watch, Right? You see the two cowboys, and one of them, you know ties up the other one's horse or something. He says, "Much obliged, much obliged." What's that mean? He says, "I feel a, de- a, a sense of honorable obligation to you for the goodness that you have shown me." And you know, here's, here today's generation <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't obligated to you? I ain't obligated to you. I don't have to forgive you. I don't have to be nice to you. I don't have to control my temper for you. I can lash out and use nasty language on you anytime I feel like it. Because I don't owe you nothing. After all, look at how you treated me. Can I help you with something here? People are not perfect. There's nobody here that's perfect. Can all the married people say, that's good preaching up there, Pastor. Amen. Amen. God doesn't send you somebody that's absolutely perfect. But he puts you in a marriage to perfect you. And it's a journey. You need to be grateful for the person that God has given you. Don't look back. And don't look across the fence and say, man, woo-wee, look at The grass is pretty green on that side of the fence. Hmm. That's ingratitude. I'm talking about a revelation of gratitude where you, it will control the way that you live. It'll control the way that you think. It'll control the way that you speak. It'll help you control your temper. I got a temper. I used to break stuff. Knock down doors, cuss, throw stuff. I threw something not too long ago. Oh, pastor, that couldn't be. Yeah, since I've been pastor in this church, I threw a a bottle of water. You want the truth or you want me to pretend like I've already arrived, haven't arrived yet? Amen. Amen. How about um, indebtedness? Gratitude is indebtedness. You know, I, the way that, the, way that the, the earlier generations were raised, you, you owe that person some honor. You owe them an acknowledgement of thanksgiving for the smallest little favor. When you go to the store and somebody's helping you at the store, do you have to tell them thank you? Do you have to? Do you have to? No, you don't. You don't have to say thank you to nobody, never, till Jesus comes and rots a ruck when he does. But what's wrong with laying down your pride for just a minute at the cash register when somebody's helping you and saying, and not just thanks, but thank you for being here to help me today at the gas station. You know, you can bless people at the gas station or at the grocery store with just a simple acknowledgement of indebtedness to them for, for their assistance. Yeah. Is there anything wrong with that? Nope. I can just tell you, gratitude will stop arguments. If you're just grateful for that person that God has given you, whether it's your husband or wife, your child, your husband, right? Your parents, your boss, (coughs) your relatives. If you're just grateful for what God has given you, you're not going to run down other people, not nearly as much. Let me help you with something. Don't talk about other people. I mean, that's just a really good rule. Say that Wibby. Say, don't talk about people. Don't talk about oh, pastor, that sounds awfully simplistic. It is. You want to get free or you want to stay in bondage? You know, uh, if you're always running down the same person. You know, you're poisoning your own well. You know that, right? Because you believe what you say more than you believe what anybody else says, okay. huh? And if you believe that other person has treated you unfairly, you believe they're crazy. You believe, and listen—it's—it's it's a temptation. When I got born again, July thirteenth, nineteen eighty-eight, I never smoked another cigarette, and man, I just, man, I just loved tobacco, or like they say, tobacco. I really got a kick out of it. When I was in kindergarten, they used to smoke cigarettes on airplanes. I loved it. I loved the smell of tobacco when I was a little kid. And man, I would go out in the alley. My mom would say, take the trash out. I would sneak a kitchen match with me. I'm talking about kindergarten, first grade. And I (laughs) got... And I go out in the alley when I'm taking the trash out and look for a cigarette butt and try to light it. (laughs) I just really got a kick out of cigarettes, you know? I went to a tryout with the Kansas City Royals. And after the tryout, you know, you've got to throw and catch and stuff like that. After the tryout... I went out to my car in the parking lot and and lit me up a big old stogie, right? And there's some other young kids there, you know, they're serious, right? (laughs) And they're like, what are you doing smoking cigarettes? I'm like, mind your own business. I really love tobacco, but the day that I gave my heart to the Lord, gone. Gone. It's a demon. It was gone. Now, I know other people, you know, don't have the same experience. Not denigrating anybody, but that was my experience. But I got to tell you, fighting that strife, devil, has been an ongoing thing for 30 years in my life. Because, man, I, I really, you know, when you come from a long line of highly educated German professors, you really get a kick out of correcting people. Their grammar and syntax, the way they pronounce stuff. And, you know, sometimes that creates ill feelings among friends or family. If you always got to get the last word. Woo-wee! I don't see nobody jumping up running around the church here, right? Huh? <laughs> I don't see no Jericho marches or nothing going on here. But, you know, I got to a place where I, God taught me that having a loving relationship with my wife is more important than being right all the time. Woo-wee! Yeah, but Brian, you don't know how hard it is to be married to so-and-so. You don't know how hard it is to be married to me. (laughs) Ask her. (laughs) Right? Amen? Amen. But gratitude will overlook faults. Praise the Lord. Because... We understand where we came from. When we're ungrateful, like my dad used to say, Brian, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget where you came from, man. I think sometimes in the body of Christ, we've forgotten where we came from. Romans chapter 1, please. How many hours do I have left here? I'm trying this with an iPad instead of my Bible today, yeah. <laughs> because I don't have a big enough podium or whatever. I'm just I just tried. I'm just trying it. Pray for me. Do y'all pray for me? Yeah. Do I look like I need prayer? All right. Not at all. <laughs> Romans chapter one. I'm going to start reading uh, with verse. 16. Now I want you to listen carefully to me. I want your undivided attention. You're going to get rare Bible teaching today. Are you hearing me? I've been in church all my life. Off and on. For 56 years. You're going to hear things today. In the next few minutes that will change your life if you'll let it. If you're grateful for the word of God. If you feel like you're enduring some kind of treatment or something. It's not going to work for you like it could. Alright? The Apostle Paul writing to the Roman church and he says in verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to every one that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I'm going to go over here to my NLT. I guess that's why I got this uh, iPad up here. So I can switch translations. Romans chapter 1. I'm going to go over here to verse 16. Praise the Lord. I do know how to run these things pretty good. All right. For I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Now I want you to notice in these couple of verses (coughs) that there are the... Thank you. Some of the most important foundational building blocks of our faith. The good news, the gospel, the power of God... It works by faith. It produces righteousness if you believe it. And the next verse is one of the other foundational building blocks of the gospel. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. (coughs) Now, it's not very popular in the modern church to talk about the judgment of, or the wrath of Almighty God, but it's in the New Testament letters to the church. I can't just skip over everything that makes anybody uncomfortable. Is that right? That's right. The judgment of God is a real thing. The Bible says, are you listening to me? The Bible says we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for the deeds done in the body. Boy, it's quiet in here and it probably should be. Say amen. who suppress the truth by their wickedness, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For since the world was created, people uh, have seen the earth and sky. I'm going to jump over here to the King James a little bit. Go a little bit back and forth. Verse uh, 19, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. There's not anybody that will have any excuse on the day of judgment. Every single man, woman, boy, and girl that has ever been created has an intuitive knowledge of God and who he is. There's not anybody that's going to be able to say, I didn't know there was a God. (coughs) I didn't know there was a heaven. I didn't know there was a hell. Nobody ever told me that stuff. Next verse, 20. You got to get it. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seeing, being understood by the things that are made. Were you made by God? Then you understand this. Listen. Anybody that could stand up on the judgment say and say, I just didn't know this stuff. If that was true, there is no God. Because he has a way of revealing himself to his creation. That's not hard to believe, is it? Even uh, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Say no excuse. Verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were what? Brother, this is one of the keys. Now you can go to church, you can carry a big fat Bible, you can pay tithes. You could teach Sunday school. But if you're not thankful, you're in trouble. No thanks. If you're not thankful, praise the Lord. I think I've made a pretty good case that ingratitude is devilish. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain. Say vain. 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 Vain means empty in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. What's that mean? That means the light is not penetrating the inner man. Why? Because when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, and they were not thankful. Say, not humble. humble. Humility and thankfulness are the same thing. That That is echoing pretty strong up here. Pride and ingratitude are ugly twins. Huh? Born in Satan's nursery. Next, please. 22. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Have you seen any of these people on TV lately? I mean, they got all the degrees. But if you're not thankful, you know, the the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom, and in other places it says the beginning of knowledge. I don't care how much college education you got. If you don't have the fear of the Lord, if you do not have a understanding of who He is, and how important it is that you get along really good with Him, you know you got to get along good with God. Is that it? come on? Yeah. And if we are ungrateful, we're not walking in the fear of the Lord. And with all due respect. That's ignorance. I've known some people, I come from a long line of highly educated people, and let me tell you, if you do not have a reverential fear of God and His judgment, we're going to talk about judgment even in the church. You better believe it. The Bible talks about judgment in the church and outside the church. The Christian needs to have a reverential fear of God and who He is. Amen. Amen. Now, our judgment, the Bible says, should be and could be and ought to be a judgment. An awards ceremony, but the, the the problem is, not everybody who professes Christianity, not everybody who says they're a Christian, really is. Yeah. Now you got to check yourself. You know, I talk to you a lot about examining our faith, and we get down to the to the bedrock of examining our faith. We got to make sure we're saved. And a pretty good indication is if you have a heart full of ingratitude, you might want to check up on yourself. Amen. If you have a really hard time saying, you know what, God, I thank you for the life that you've given me. I thank you for the food in my refrigerator. I thank you for my husband or wife. I thank you that I'm not in the hospital or in the jail. Brother, sister, I don't know how how bad you think you got it. But it could be a whole lot worse a whole lot worse. And if we're not grateful for where we are, come on. That's right. How, how, how do you receive the grace of God? How do you receive the grace of God? Hmm? By faith, right? Mm-hmm. Are we so self-deluded that we presume that we have legitimate faith in a heart full of ingratitude? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's crazy. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. All right, let's see where this goes. Let's see where this thing takes you. and change the glory of God <coughs> of the uh, uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. It's talking about people abandoned the real God that made them and worshiped gods that they made, that looked like a man or a cow. Or a lizard or a snake. And people worship this stuff. Yeah. And you can buy this stuff at the dollar store. You could go, right? Yeah. We, uh, where we dump trash over there in, uh, in Boulder. They rescue idols out of the trash. Have you noticed that when you go up to the window to pay? Look back there. They rescue idols out of the trash. And they bring them and put them in that scale house. There's a whole bunch of little Buddhas and stuff there. Somebody threw their Buddha in the trash and somebody at the landfill dug it out of there and put it on a table. How's that working for you? Huh? And people worship this stuff. Next, please. That's why God gave them up to uncleanness. Now, uncleanness is one of the nastiest words in the whole Bible. Uncleanness... You remember when Jesus delivered the Gadarene demoniac? It said he had an unclean devil. He didn't wear any clothes. He lived in the mountains, screaming and crying day and night, cutting himself. Cutting himself. Now, I'm not saying if you've, you know, experimented with some self-harm, That you have a demon. But I can tell you this. It's demon inspired. Demon inspired. And some people. That is a gateway for an evil spirit into their body. Is through cutting. And you need to be delivered. And if that's you. I want to pray for you. Because you don't have to live that way. Amen. And I would start right here. Thank you Lord for delivering me. Thank you, Lord, for delivering me. And and here's another one. Here's another one. I caught myself thinking these thoughts and saying these words as a spirit-filled, Bible-toting Christian. All right, so if I can, you know, true confessions of a word-of-faith preacher, right? So if I can admit to this, maybe you won't feel so alone. But I heard myself saying, under my breath, When I think about some of the things that I had said or done or my past or what have you. I heard these words come out of my mouth without me even thinking about it. I hate you. That's as bad as cutting yourself. I hate you. I'm I'm like, who, who are you talking to? I realized I was talking to myself. Can you open this for me? It's open?
1: Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
0: The Bible says, Jesus said, love your brother like you love yourself, right? That would seem to insinuate that you're supposed to at least have a certain amount of love and affection for your own self. Why wouldn't you be your own best buddy when there's nobody around to cheer yet? Amen. Is there anything wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. (coughs) thank you lord i worship you jesus i'm well i'm strong i'm healed in jesus name thank you lord i worship you lord thank you lord no weapon formed against me can prosper i thank you lord for healing virtue working in me right now in the name of
1: jesus thank you lord thank you lord (coughs) thank you lord worship you jesus worship you lord
0: you know, I got some fiberglass in my sinuses a couple of weeks ago. You know, and uh, when I was working with that. And, yeah. I- I'm better. I'm better. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. Worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What were we talking about here? Let's just stay with Romans, okay? God gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts. See, if we don't have a grateful heart... Let me help you with something. When... <clears throat> When you walk away from the light, where are you going? If you abandon gratitude, if you don't spend some quality time thanking God, I recommend every day. If you don't spend some quality time thanking God, you're moving away from the light. And what is out there? The further you get away from the light, the darker it's going to be. And look at what He says. Wherefore God, that's why God had to give them up to the uncleanness. Brother, that is, a, that is one of the dirtiest Bible words that I know: uncleanness. And, and the Bible says that this has no, no place in the life of a Christian. <clears throat> Through the lusts of their own hearts. If you don't have a heart that is beating for God and for a gratitude for everything that He has given you and everything He's trying to give you, you're heading deeper into the darkness. And what's out there? What's out there? Uncleanness. The lust of their own heart. To dishonor their own bodies between themselves. It don't get better. It gets worse. Next, please. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever amen you know you, you know higher education they're not even <clears throat> they're not even trying to mask their agenda anymore you know they changed it from bc ad they 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 call that now that's it used to be before christ right bc used to mean before christ now they're calling it before the common era whatever in the farm that means and nobody knows what that means right but they're trying to eliminate God not going to happen not on my watch it's not going to happen who is blessed forever amen next please for this cause God gave them up to vile affections this is the judgment of God you know God is a gentleman God doesn't force anybody to serve him you know who's going to be in heaven people that have chosen to be there that's it god could have made everybody go then you'd had a a a bunch over here in the corner saying i
1: don't really like it over here
0: right i mean you think that's impossible satan lucifer had everything he's like this ain't good enough for me i need more than this And he inspired the man and the woman in the garden to think the same way. He said, oh, you poor little darlings here. You mean you can't eat this stuff? You poor thing. God's holding out on you. Here, just eat this thing over here. Then you'll be like God. They were already like God. And he doesn't have anything new. He's trying to make you think that you got it so bad. You poor thing. Look at what happened to you. I can't believe the situation you find yourself in.
1: And after all, you were just a victim in all of this. You were just an innocent, harmless victim in all of this. And look at what they did to you.
0: I feel so sorry for you. Don't ever feel sorry for yourself, that is devilish. It's ungrateful. You could feel that feeling of self-pity coming on you, that's devilish. Resist it. You know, you know and here's the thing. There wouldn't be some temptation if there wasn't a little bit of pleasure in it. That feeling of self-pity creates an emotional hormonal rush. It sends brain waves through your system and people get addicted to these negative emotions just like they do to opioids or marijuana. Oh, Brian, marijuana is not addictive, then quit. <laughs> if it's not addictive, then you can quit, right? Well, no, it helps r- relax me. Bro, you ain't going to be no more relaxed than I am. Huh? Right? <laughs> You're gonna, the problem is, what, you know what my dad used to say about smoking pot? I'm going to talk about smoking pot in this church because I know people smoke pot. this is Colorado people get high my dad used to my dad's a cardiologist he knows what's going on he knows a little something about your body chemistry he said Brian I used to tell him the same nonsense dad it's good it's a really good drug it's awesome you should try it (laughs) he told me Brian that stuff makes you really cool for a little while then you go like this You decline. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. It makes you think you're really cool for a few minutes or whatever, hours or whatever it is. But after that, you go into the decline. And guess what you got to do? You got to smoke it again to get that same feeling. That's called addiction. In the lawn business, we call that addiction. Huh? If you've got to do something, if you've got to put a herb in your body to make you feel like you're okay, that's addiction. Yeah. Amen? For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. He is talking about sex, in case you're wondering. Next, please. And likewise, also the men. Leaving the natural use of the woman, he's talking about Sex. Homosexuality is not okay. It's not okay. You know, I've got to say that occasionally here because people are like, well, it's not that big of a deal. Let me help you out. Read your Bible. It's a very interesting book. Every single time when one of the kings of Israel came in and he uh, came in to the previous king's administration... And he had to clean house because of the uncleanness. Now this homosexual devil always tries to find its way into the two places. The government and religion. Now after the AIDS crisis, uh, one of my relatives lives in the San Francisco Bay Area, so I went to visit him. He took me to church. At a denominational church. A 150-year-old church in downtown San Francisco. And all the way to church, he's prepping me about my conservative views on biblical sexuality. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm cool. I don't, I don't have to, I don't hate nobody. I really don't care what somebody does at their house. I really don't. But I don't want it. There's not going to be any homosexual activity in, in heaven, brother. It's not gonna be there. And so all the way to church he's prepping me, right? And I'm like, dude, why do we gotta talk about this? You know? Well, it's San Francisco for one thing, right? So we get to his church <clears throat> and the greeters are gay. The ushers are gay. The worship leaders gay. The preacher's talking about inclusion. And tolerance. Right? I'm like, dude. The homosexual devil. Always tries to find its way. Into religion. And the government. When the kings of Israel. Like I say. When a righteous king. Read about it. Jehoshaphat. hmm? Josiah. When they came into power. They had to root out all of the. Gay devils out of the priesthood. They called them sodomites. Read it for yourself. They, he had to clean house. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman. Burned in their lust one toward another with men. Working with men that which is unseemly. And receiving in themselves that recompense. Diseases Are the result of this behavior. And this behavior is the result of what? Go back a few verses. I'm not going to, you already know the answer ingratitude. Keep going, please. (coughs) Verse 28. And even as they did not like, let me, you want to use some Brian language on this? Seeing is how they didn't like to retain God in their knowledge. They didn't want to think about God. They didn't want God to be an element or an an ingredient in their moral structure. Can you hear this? Is that what it's saying? They didn't want the God factor influencing their daily lives. You might want to take that home with you. They did not want the god factor influencing their daily lives. And because of that, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things that are that are not convenient. Let me help you with something. An unrenewed reprobate mind is an ungrateful mind. You need to train and renew your mind to think grateful thoughts because we don't come by it naturally. Your flesh is not grateful. (laughs) Your your flesh just wants more. Give me more. Amen. Come on, everybody. Praise the Lord. Does anybody need to repent here today? Amen. Might be all of us, huh? They They didn't even want to think about God. They didn't want the God factor influencing their daily lives. God had to turn them over to a reprobate mind. What's a reprobate mind? Anybody? A mind void of judgment. Have you ever seen these talking heads on TV? And you're looking at the situation. And you're thinking, yeah, I mean, this common sense can see what this is, right? Yeah. And they, they get something weird out of it. Like this is somebody's fault halfway across the country. Yep. That had nothing to do with it. Because they have a mind that's void of judgment. Because they didn't want to retain God in their knowledge. Because they're ungrateful. And now they're doing those things that are are not convenient. Next please. Being filled. Say filled. filled. This is where an ingratitude takes you. I can't change this. This is the pathway you're on if you are ungrateful. This is where it's going. Yeah, but Brian, I'm a pretty nice person. Without Christ, all of us, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, God looked at man whom he had created on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart, because every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Yep. Say only evil continually. Only evil. Jeremiah said the heart, the unrenewed mind, you might say, is desperately wicked Who can even know it? God didn't even know how wicked man was going to be without God. God didn't didn't imagine how wicked we would be without him. And even a Christian, here's the thing. The sad news is that even a Christian that is born again, I guess, but doesn't have this gratitude in them, looks like this. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication. What's that? That's sex outside of marriage. It's a blanket Bible term. All sex outside of marriage is called fornication. Say amen. That's the Bible. Wickedness, covetousness. Are we always thinking about what we ain't got and what somebody else got? And God, why did you let them have that and I can't get that? That's Luciferian. Full of envy. Huh? <laughs> Murder, debate, have you ever, what's this movie, uh, The Cleansing, The Purge, is that what they call it? That's, the re- that's what people without God are really like. If, if, if you remove the moral standard, for even a moment, for even a moment, murder. You, you, you look, we watch these murder mysteries sometimes, probably too much, I mean, you know. But you're thinking, how could somebody like this, you seem like a normal person. Commit this kind of a crime. That's mankind without God. How do, you, how do you get free? How do you get free? Be grateful, man. Thank God. Thank God I got the Holy Ghost. Value the things of God. Thank God I got a church. Thank God I got a pastor that teaches me the truth. Amen. 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 Thank God that you got this house where you can be instructed, where you can be taught the Word of God. Thank God for it. Value it. It's rare. I said it's rare. You know it is. <laughs> debate. You know this debate business. Always having to get my two cents in. Always having to let the other guy know how I feel. It's devilish. It's ungrateful. Amen. And we've we've all been we've all been down that road, right? Deceit. What's deceit? It's trying to make somebody think something about you that just ain't quite true. Like, I like you. When really, I don't. That's not okay. That's not okay. Well, am I supposed to just go around telling people that I don't like them? No, you're supposed to get saved. Amen. And then thank God huh? that you're not in hell already. I could have already been in hell for 40 years. I mean, I I used to drink hard liquor when I was a teenager. My dad found me more than once. He said, Brian, I thought you were dead. I could have already been in hell. For a long, long, long time. Anybody else? You know, if you really have a comprehensive understanding of who we are, who he is, what this is all about, you're going to be grateful. Here's the thing. When you stand before him, all this other nonsense is not going to mean nothing to you. Everything that was so important, my pride, my rights have been violated. That ain't going to mean nothing, friend, when you stand before him. Because there ain't going to be nobody there you can blame. You're not going to be able to turn around and say, they made me do it. Listen. Listen. If you have ill will in your heart, it's awful hard to get healed. Yeah. It's awful hard to get healed. If you're always thinking about how mean somebody done been to you. And here's the thing, friend. We've all had somebody mistreat us. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Let it go. You got to let that go. You got to let it go. Yeah, but they got to apologize to me. Oh, no, they don't. Don't never, don't nobody owe you that apology. Malignity, or <laughs> however you say that word, has to do with malignant. Sounds like a tumor that's growing, doesn't it? Sounds devilish, doesn't it? Something nasty and divisive and poisonous that's growing in a hidden place in somebody's life. Not good. Not good. And this comes from where? Comes from where? Comes from where? Ingratitude. Ingratitude. You know, when you go to the restaurant today, I hope to Jesus that you thank God out of a really grateful heart. Thank God I got decent food to eat. Thank God I was born in the United States of America. I got money to go to a restaurant. I got a nice car that took me down there. Amen. I got a family that loves me, even though sometimes I'm a hundred percent (laughs) jerk. Don't all say, way men, women, back there, all right? Come on. If they didn't love you, they wouldn't be with you now. That's right. They'd have quit you a long time ago.
1: Whisperers.
0: It's divisiveness, it's saying stuff about somebody that you'd never dare say to their face. Hmm. In in great. Ingrate. All right, friends. Psalm one hundred. Psalm one hundred.
1: Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Worship you, Jesus.
0: Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. How many of you are happy? (laughs) I am. You know how pastor can tell you're in faith? Pastor can tell if you're in faith, all right? <laughs> you know how pastor can tell if you're in faith? Because you're happy. Say, I'm happy. I'm happy. That was weak. <laughs> I mean, happy like you just won the publisher's clearinghouse. Yeah, glory. Hallelujah. Come on. Happy like Tim Tebow came back to the Broncos. Yeah! Praise the Lord! Yeah! Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful... Unto him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. You know, many times, I know, I mean, I've been around, I've had a bad day. I know I probably don't look like it. Huh? (laughs) If you could see what I'm seeing here, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I can tell you how to chase the devil 100% of the time. And I can tell you, friends, that depression, loneliness, self-pity, every bit of it comes from the devil. Every bit of it, being discouraged, every bit of it comes from Satan himself. And let me just help you understand something about who Satan is. You know, the more you know about God, the more you have to understand about who the devil is, who your enemy is, right? You know, we talk about attributes. You know what attributes are? (laughs) Like Joel Osteen, one of his attributes is he's always smiling, right? Right?
1: Thank you, Lord.
0: One of God's attributes, we call them attributes. I really don't like that word much, but you'll get it in a minute, is God is good. Is God good? It says right here in Psalm 100, for the Lord is good. Amen. Satan's, one of Satan's attributes is he is ungrateful. It's one of the most satanic, uh, give me a better word than attribute, personality traits, qualities. One of Satan's purest qualities is ingratitude. And we have to guard against ingratitude. Praise the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. Who's with me today? Who's going to help me preach today? Huh? Huh? You going to help me preach today? Huh? Say go get them pastor. Say sick them. All right. Uh, I want you to look with me for just a minute at Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14. Hey, I like the background. That's nice. That's really nice. Isaiah chapter 14. I'm going to uh, turn over here in this Kenneth Copeland Reference Edition King James Bible. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. We just, like Cindy said, we just came back from Fort Worth, Texas. Just flew in last night, and boy, are my arms tired. Huh? But uh, Brother Jerry was challenging us about signs and wonders I want signs and wonders in my church. When we pray for the sick, I want to see them get healed. There is a hunger that must be in the hearts of God's people to see the power of God. Amen. Are you satisfied with what we have already? Are you satisfied with the achievements and the progress we have made already in this church? I'm not. Now, I'm satisfied with the efforts of the people that serve here and help us and everything. I'm more than satisfied with that. I'm thrilled with it. I bless you in Jesus' name. But I'm not satisfied with the results that I'm seeing. So what is the answer? If we're not satisfied with the results that we see. Say, hey God, when are you going to manifest your glory? Hey God, when are you going to manifest your power? Hmm? I think it's Psalm 110 says, Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. Friend, this is the day of his power. Are we willing? Woo, we willing to do what, Pastor? How about pray? How about spend some quality time in prayer? I recommend every day. Do you think we could change the spiritual climate of this state if we were to pray? And while we're on the subject, let's pray for Jared Polis. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I lift up Jared Polis in Jesus' name. I pray that your hand be upon him. I pray that your spirit be in his office. I pray that he have the wisdom of God in Jesus' name. I pray that the prophet of God would have access to the governor's mansion and to his office at the state capitol in the name of Jesus. That he would seek out godly counsel. That he would desire biblical counsel in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So, Brother Jerry encouraged us to get hungry and stay hungry. Brother Jerry Savelle is 71 years old, been in the ministry nearly 50 years, and as hungry as ever. Thank you, Lord. Worship you, Jesus. And one of the other preachers there by the name of David Blunt uh, was really amazing. I mean, he's really fun to listen to. He kind of talks like, you know, humility Uh is, uh, let's see, thanksgiving is related to humility. Real gentle but profound truths. He talked a lot about gratitude, talked a lot about humility. Again, one of Satan's purest attributes is pride. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Pride is a blessing blocker. Do you know that humility is never bored? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Did you know that humility stays in its lane? (laughs) Praise the Lord. If you could see what I'm seeing here today. Is everybody okay? Y'all still love me, huh? We turned the clocks back a couple weeks ago, didn't we? Everybody okay? Did y'all get coffee? Everybody okay here? huh? Thank you, Lord. Are y'all praying for me? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah chapter 14.
1: Thank you, Lord.
0: You want to see what pride really looks like? You want to see what ingratitude looks like?
1: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
0: Isaiah 14, verse 4. Uh, uh, he says to uh, the prophet, He says, You shall take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, uh, How has the oppressor ceased and the golden city ceased? The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked and the scepter of the rulers. He who smote the people in wrath with a continual stroke. He that ruled the nations in anger is persecuted and none hindereth. He's talking about a time when Satan is thrown in hell. And what a great day that will be. And you and me, we're going to be dancing around the bonfire. Amen. Come on. And nobody going to be bored then? Ain't nobody going to be sleepy then? Huh? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yea, the fir trees uh, rejoice, verse 8, at thee, and the cedars of Lebanon, saying, Since thou art laid down, no feller has come up against us. Verse 9, here we go. Hail from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at that coming. This is a prophetic utterance against Satan himself. When he is chucked in the hole, when they throw him in the lake of fire, when they throw him in hell, there's going to be people waiting for him. And the first verse we read here says, uh, uh, persecuted. He's going to be persecuted. Uh, That's in verse 6. Throughout the ages of eternity, they're going to chase Satan up and down the back alleys of hell. Glory to God, praise the Lord. Huh? 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 That's what we call our yeah, hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee. Even all the chief ones of the earth look it up in your concordance. Chief ones means the great goats. Now, okay, the uh, the great goats. You understand what that means. This is talking about. This is talking about, I I see that. (laughs) Great goats, this is talking about where, uh, where evil spirits come from. Demons are half man, half goat. Half man, half pig. Half man, half dog. Someday maybe I'll explain to you how I know all that. But, have you ever heard of Pan? Who's Pan? Who or what is Pan? Anybody know? Pan is half man, half goat. If you look it up in Greek mythology, Pan is a homosexual devil. Man, it's quiet in here. Which way are we going here today, Pastor? We're just going to teach the Bible. All right. It stirs up the dead for thee, even all the uh, the chief ones of the earth. It hath raised up uh, from their thrones all the kings of the nations. And they all speak and say, have you become also like us? Verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art you cut down to the ground, the one that did weaken the nations? Because you said in your heart... I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the sides of the, uh, the mount of the congregation and the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. You see how he says, I'm going to uh, go above the clouds. Which clouds is he talking about? The clouds on earth. Lucifer had a kingdom on earth before Adam was created. And he wasn't thankful. He wasn't grateful. This is pride. He had everything. The Bible says that every precious stone was his covering. Now, how do you like my new shirt? Do you like my new shirt? Huh? Don't know what I paid for this shirt? Plug your ears, Cindy. No. <laughs> huh? Higher, higher. (laughs) You know? Can you imagine what this thing would be worth if it was covered with diamonds? I mean, a nice one-carat diamond, if it's flawless, is worth what? About 20 grand, maybe 40 grand. Depends on the cut and the clarity and everything like that, right? And a one-carat diamond, it'd take how many to cover this shirt? Hundreds, right? Thousands maybe, right? Lucifer, when he was created, was completely covered with diamonds and jewels and gold, all kinds of precious stones is what he was covered with. I mean, his outfit had to be worth jillions, right? Uh, It says in the scripture that he had musical instruments installed in his person. Uh, He was an amazing person, creature. Yes, he was an amazing creature. But he got full of himself, and he wanted to be God. He got his eyes on what he didn't have. And he stopped looking at everything that God had done for him. Can you see how wicked it is for us to stop thanking God for everything he has done for us? Again, in the olden days, a meal was sacred. We did not eat without thanking God for our food. Now we allow a kid to run to the next room with a bag of chips and play a video game while the family is having dinner. Dinner used to be a sacred time. Being a family used to be a sacred thing. Verse 15. God answers him. And says, um, you will be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see you will look narrowly upon you or hatefully upon you. And consider you saying, is this the one that made the earth to tremble? They're going to look at Satan when he is judged and say, do you mean to tell me that this is the one that fooled us, that tricked us, that controlled us? This thing here, this quivering The Bible says on the last page or two of your Bible, it says that in the end, when the millennium starts, do you know what the millennium is? The millennium is a thousand-year period that we're about to enter into. When Jesus is going to come and set his foot on the Mount of Olives. There's going to be no more elections. There's going to be no more debate. There's going to be no more politics. Jesus himself is going to rule in the flesh, in person, from Jerusalem. And he is going to use his army, his generals and lieutenants, uh, captains, that's you guys, to control the real estate on planet Earth. And when the millennium starts, Satan is going to be locked up in the bottomless pit For a thousand years now for legal reasons he has to be loosed at the end of that thousand year period but he is going to be chained up by one angel at the beginning of the millennium and it doesn't even say he's a great big mighty angel in other places in the book of revelation it talks about a mighty angel came down from heaven and had one foot on the land and the other one on the ocean. And he, with a loud voice and everybody on earth heard him. Wow. But when Lucifer, when Satan is bound with a chain, it says one angel is going to wrap that chain around his neck. Well, I added the part about around his neck. It says one angel is going to put a chain around him and lock him up for a thousand years. I like to think of it like this. One fat little baby angel, <laughs> huh? In diapers, is gonna lock him up for a thousand years. Say, so ingratitude, ingratitude is devilish. devilish. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord Jesus. I worship you, Lord. I'm asking you to show me. Which way to go with this today? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Well, pastor, why are you stopping in the middle of a, of a sermon and asking God to help you? Because I don't know everything. Do you want to go to a church where the pastor has everything under, under control and knows everything? If you do, then when is the Spirit of God ever supposed to move? What if we stopped right now and I said we're going to pray in tongues for one hour? Who would still be here at the end of one hour? Hmm? You'd find out, wouldn't you? You'd find out. What if I call for a prayer meeting Tuesday night for one hour, and I need everybody in this room. If you're not working, could that happen? Praise the Lord. Or would I have to pay you to be here? <laughs> All right. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. Let me give you some... Uh, Let me give you some uh, characteristics of ingratitude. You ready? No? Crickets? Nobody's ready? Boredom. If you're always bored, you're ungrateful. (laughs) You know, I've known for years that there's just something wrong with being bored. I mean, when you think about all the opportunities there are, God wants to make you wealthy. Yes. God wants to run millions and millions of dollars through your bank account. Amen. <sighs> if you believe that, you couldn't be bored. You'd be, your mind would be working. Your heart would be open. You'd be on the right track. You'd be thinking, God, show me how to prosper. Yes. If you really believe in prosperity, you believe that your next step could unlock the key to supernatural wealth. And you would not be bored. Amen? I mean, if you had to full-time, 12 hours a day, find out how to ship out all the stuff God is sending to you, what if God gave you 300 houses tomorrow? What would you do with them? You can't live in all of them. What if he gave you 1,000 cars? What if he gave you a warehouse full of food? You think I'm making this stuff up? All the greats of the faith, people that I have met and shook their hands, by the time they came to the end of their life, that's what their life had become. Nothing but distribution. Anybody ever heard of Lester Summerall? Yep. Lester Summerall was no different than you and me, but he was hungry for God. He was grateful, and God was able to use him as a conduit for that. That's all he could do at the end of his life, is ship out tongues and tongues millions of tons of food all over the world every day. And he's been gone for 10, 15, 20 years now, right? And they're still doing it. He has a warehouse, and that's all they do is give away food. Have you ever given anybody a car? That's fun. How about a house? How about you gave somebody a debt-free house before the end of this year? What would God do in your life if you started giving away houses? You think you'd be bored? You'd wake up every day thinking, wow, that, that's what Jesus said. It's more blessed to give than to receive. We're, a lot of us are still thinking, man, if I could just receive, if I could just receive. How are you going to receive? You've got to start giving. you got to start giving. Yeah, but I ain't got nothing. Careful with that. Careful with that. When, when, when Abraham told God, to me you have given no seed. He didn't hear God's voice for 13 years after that. That is an insult to God to say, you haven't given me nothing to give. Really? That's ingratitude. Once you look around carefully at what you got. You probably have things that would be valuable to somebody that could be a seed that could trigger a fountain of prosperity in your life. Hmm. if you eat your seed you kill your future harvest God has been faithful to give seed to the sower maybe we're not sowing like we ought to be and that's why it seems like we don't have any seed but if you plant seed in good ground what are you going to get am I in the right place is this the right outfit I'm talking to here today if you plant seed in good ground what are you going to receive You're going to receive a harvest. What if you plant continually? What if you plant continually? What are you going to receive? A continual harvest, right? Am I too close to the camera? Good. I need a big tape line or something here, right? Or maybe just a a shock collar or something, right? (laughs) Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. Are you grateful for what you got? Are you grateful for your family? Are you grateful for the person sitting next to you? It's really hard being all alone, and there's nobody in this room that's alone right now. That's right. Now you got a family right here. You know, I w- I've been alone where I seemed like I didn't have a friend in the world. In that mess, I started thanking God for what I had. Find something you can thank God for, and make a big deal out of it. Let's just wait on the Lord here for a moment. Pray with me. Thank you, Lord. I worship you,
1: Lord worship you lord worship you jesus i worship you lord worship you lord i worship you jesus Thank you, Lord, I worship you. Thank you, Let me tell you how to prosper.
0: I mean really prosper biblical prosperity are you interested in biblical prosperity some churches they won't talk about it they think it's a dirty word they'll make fun of us for talking about biblical prosperity all your Bible heroes were rich Mm hmm my my income and my finances have increased every single year for the last 30 years Uh, in 1989 God told me to go in the lawn business My first year in the lawn business, I made $7,000. I was starving. (laughs) Come on. By the time you pay rent and put gas in your car, are you kidding me? I was paying child support. Come on. I was starving. So I wrote down on a piece of paper at the end of the year, I said, I'm going to make double next year what I made last year. And I have always been a tither now there's times when I made some mistakes but I always get back on the horse that thrilled me right I never gave up on tithing there was times when I my bank account was overdrawn and I couldn't I couldn't hand in my tithe check I'm just being honest with you but I've always been a tither and so the next year I wrote I'm gonna double my income so it doubled Did I say I've always been a tither? Did I say I've always been a tither? Do you want to prosper? That's like one person. Who wants to prosper? Who really wants to prosper in this room? Young people in the room, listen to me. When your money may not be a big deal to you right now. When you're my age, it'll be a big deal. When you got grandkids... You know, the Bible says a good man or woman leaves an inheritance to their children's children. If I was to die today, I ain't going to die today. I'm going to be around a long time. I'm going to be so old that the old people are going to call me old. And I'll still be young and spry. I'll be able to take care of myself all the days of my life in the name of Jesus. There's nobody going to carry me around and bathe me or feed me. The last day I spend here on earth, I will bathe myself. I will feed myself. I will go to the store and buy my own food in Jesus' name. But when you get to be my age, do you want to be rich? Or do you want to be poor? Because I can tell you how to be poor. Don't tithe don't be grateful and don't serve god right. who loves you baby who loves you, baby here's how you prosper always be generous you know as soon as i even start thinking about talking about my dad i just My dad was an amazing generous man. I can't tell you how many people he bought houses for. I don't think he even I don't think he even kept track. You'd find out about it decades later. Oh yeah, I bought that guy a house. I can't tell you how many people he I don't I can't tell you how many people he bought cars for. And I don't think he kept track. But you find out years later, oh yeah, your your dad got me that car. I can't tell you how many people my dad put up in business. I know a guy who got out of prison. My dad put him up in business, and today he's a multimillionaire. What do you want people to say about you when you're gone? Say generous. Say generous. Yeah, but Brian, I ain't got nothing. Careful. You got time. You could pray for me for 60 seconds a day. Do I look like I need it? Trust me, I need it. Ask my wife if you don't believe it, right? You have seed, you have precious seed and if you eat your seed, you kill your future harvest. You wanna, be, you wanna, be, you wanna prosper? Do you wanna enjoy biblical prosperity? Number one, be generous. Number two, don't worry about nothing. Never worry, it's a sin. Yep. <laughs> the Bible says be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. Sister talked about a prayer petition today. If you need something, if you need a house or a jet, Or a 10,000 acre ranch with a log frame lodge? Huh? Guest cabins? Running water? Huh? Alfalfa? Mineral rights? Right? If you need something or desire something, why don't you make a prayer petition? And if you're going to ask for something that big, you might want to take your time. Cindy and I did a prayer petition one time and we worked on it for one year. Isn't that right? Do you want to prosper? Number one is what? Be generous. Number two is what? Don't worry. Well, Brian, what about my kids? I'm so worried about my kids. Repent. What's all that worrying doing for you? Is that helping your kids if you worry about your kids? Well, Brian, what about my relatives who the doctors say they have to die tomorrow? You know, Jesus, when Lazarus was getting ready to die, they said, Master, you got to come do something right now. What did he say? He ignored them. He, he's like, where's the fire? What's the matter? Where's your faith? What's the matter with you people? Didn't I already tell you that if you'd, that you'd see the glory of God, if you'd believe me, you'd see the glory of God? They didn't believe it. Number one is what if you want to prosper is what? Be what? Be what? Right here, right here in the front. Number one is what? Be generous. Right? You know, we, uh, a lot of times when we travel, I'll get some money and put it in my wallet. I'm not bragging on me. I'm just telling you this is just, this is an example of what I'm talking about. I never get to spend that money because we just hand it out wherever we go. You know I'm never gonna be broke, right? Now you know why, right? I'm not bragging on me, but I'm just saying it's a lifestyle of being generous. You know, there was a guy that helped us with our bag on the shuttle, right? What do you give the guy who helps you with your bag on the shuttle, what do you give him? Buck or two, right, right? Buck or two, you cram a few wadded up ones in his hand, right? I said, Cindy, all I got's a 20. I ain't giving him that 20, put it back in my pocket. I thought to myself, you scallywag skin flint. I pulled it out and gave him the 20. He was blessed. Not just tipped, but blessed. What you say, sister? Give him 40, right? <laughs> That's generous. You know, you're never going to be broke if you're generous. Don't ever spend your last 10 bucks. You want a secret to never going broke? Never. Don't ever spend your last dollar. If all you got is $1, what is that? It's a seed, right? Do you know the difference between a seed seed and bread? Anybody ever been to the grocery store? Anybody ever been to the grocery store? Grocery store, you know, King Supers, right? Big red sign. You guys awake? Everybody okay? You go to King Super's and they got bread. You know what bread looks like? A loaf of bread, right? Now, what if I took that loaf of bread and went home and dug a hole in my backyard and put that bread in that hole and buried it and did a rain dance around it? Right? (laughs) Shandala, 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 she came in a honda, right? What's going to grow out of that hole? Nothing honey. But if I took seed and planted in that hole and carefully tend it and water it, right? That's why when you sow seed in the kingdom of God, what are you supposed to do?
1: Thank God. Thank God.
0: Out of a great and not just with words that don't have any meaning to you, but out of a grateful heart. Friend, listen to me. If you're, if you're tithing without worshiping, you're only getting part of the benefit. If you're giving offerings without worshiping the Lord over your offerings. Hey, let me ask you a question. Has God ever heard you out loud worship Him out of a grateful heart? Now, I, listen, I've been doing this a long time. And I know some dear, sweet people That just got to open their mouth and let God hear them. Some of us for the first time ever. You know, and you may be thinking, well, yeah, I have a praise in my heart, Pastor Ryan. (laughs) But I just don't, you know, it's a private thing for me. Huh? Huh? Number one, be generous. Number two is what? Tell your faith buddy, say, do you worry? Okay, you want number, want number three? You want number
1: three?
0: We only got two hours left for the serve lunch, right? Okay. Number three is don't ever put pressure on people. People are not your source.
1: Worship you Lord, worship you Lord, worship Jesus, and
0: don't allow people to put pressure on you. You know, God is 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 trying to say some things to some people in here today (coughs) that I'm not even talking about. There's people in here today, and you're hearing things in your spirit that I haven't even said. There's other people in here that God is trying to talk to, but he can't penetrate. Praise the Lord. And and you know, I'm just the messenger boy. Huh? But the Holy Spirit can say things to you. He can say more in a moment than I could say in a lifetime. But are we open to what he's saying to us? Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Let me give you another one. This was one of Lucifer's failings. He said, I will exalt my throne above the heavens. Didn't he? Number four is self-promotion. You know, self-promotion is is an insidious character defect that we have to watch for very carefully. Because we all have a propensity to yield to pride, self-promotion, It's godly to take second position. What about Jesus? Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal God, but made himself in the form of a servant and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And that's why God highly exalted him. Why? Because he did not exalt himself. He did not promote himself. When he healed the blind man, what did he say over and over? What did he say? Don't tell anybody I did this. Jesus, really? Don't you want everybody to know? That's what his brothers said to him. If you're really who you think you are, why don't you come down to this big party in town? And then we'll introduce you and we'll launch your ministry. He said, my time ain't come yet, and I don't need you to promote me. Do you want to prosper? You want to prosper? Make somebody else look good. You know, we're endeavoring to build strong leaders in this church. And if you are, if you have the qualities of leadership that God's looking for, you are endeavoring to make the people that you work with look better. And I don't want to embarrass you, Rebecca, but you're a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Rebecca has one of the finest singing voices in in Colorado. But she is promoting other people and making them look good. And she's in the back running the sound. That's what I'm talking about. Like Michelle. Michelle is training up people to run the children's ministry. You know, Pastor Gary used to always talk to me about dissolving, a leader dissolves himself into his people. Jesus couldn't complete the, the work of God by himself. Do you understand that? Jesus could not complete his kingdom assignment by himself. <laughs> Spirit of God, talk to your people today. In the name of Jesus, help me, Lord. Help me to say what I'm endeavoring to say. Thank you, Lord. He could not complete his kingdom assignment by himself. He had to have you. Had to. God needs you. And God needs you to do your
1: part. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Lord. Are you grateful? Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I
0: worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Let me read you a little definition, and then we're going to pray and dismiss for lunch, okay? Gratitude is an emotion of the heart. This is from Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Gratitude is an emotion of the heart excited by a favor or benefit received. Say received. When you have received from God... You know how a pastor can tell? You're happy. Praise the Lord. You're not talking the problem anymore.
1: Oh, I love you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. Worship you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. Worship you, Lord.
0: Gratitude is an agreeable emotion. Say agreeable. I was at the drive-thru at McDonald's the other day, getting a cup of coffee. And there was a young man there who handed me my coffee. He's like,
1: "He's
0: not agreeable. You know what I'm talking about when you're dealing with people that are just, they're not agreeable. There's a barrier there. An agreeable emotion consisting in or accompanied with goodwill to the benefactor. And a disposition to make a suitable return of benefits or services. When somebody does something good for you, what do you want to do? Pay them back, right? You want to at least show them, right? I appreciate what you've done. Or when no return can be made. When you can't pay God back, and we can't, right? Right? Can you pay God back for healing you? Can you pay God back for saving you from hell? So when no return can be made, a desire to see the benefactor prosperous and happy. There's something about it when you're grateful, you want to see your benefactor happy. When we're ungrateful, we put pressure on those above us. In the body of Christ. We're critical of those in the body of Christ above us. And friend, there's somebody above us in the body of Christ. Yeah. Cindy and I submit regularly to those that have the rule over us. Oh, I love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, thank you, Lord. I uh, want you all stand up? Thank you, Lord.
1: Thank you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord.
0: Let's just thank him. Let's just thank him. I mean, out of from the bottom of your heart. Lord, I just thank you, Lord. I worship you. Let him hear your voice. Maybe for the first time, let him hear your voice out loud. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Everybody, come on. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Come on, lift your voice a little bit. Lord, I thank you, Lord. Everybody, please, I'm begging you. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Is it that hard to just say, thank you, Lord, out loud? Thank you, Lord. 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 I love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
1: Thank you, Lord
0: Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, if you'll thank Him continually for hours a day, your life will change. Your life will change. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord.